0: I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point. It's been a pretty busy day. I've been spending some time listening to the second leadership debate. It's actually been a pretty good debate, regardless of what you hear. Uh, I thought it was a very entertaining debate. It will give you a very, very good idea of who you have to choose from and what the next leader of the province could, in fact, look like. So we'll talk about that at the uh, end of the show with Alan Carter, who's been covering off these debates as well. Uh, I wanted to start today on something that... Um, you know, it was supposed to be a very big part of the budget on Tuesday, and I talked about it off the top of the show. Um, the launch of a national pharmacare program. I mean, this is an idea taken right from NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, and it's now being dangled by the liberals. Because don't forget, they have to chip away at Jagmeet Singh's base, and this is one way of doing that. They want to out left the left. You've seen this tactic in Ontario You've seen it with the premier, who outlefts Andrea Horvath, just takes her policy and makes it theirs, and therefore they have nothing to run on. So they have hired former health minister Dr. Eric Hoskins to do the job, a guy with a terrible track record in Ontario health care, a guy who vilified doctors, the first uh, you know health minister who couldn't get a deal for doctors, who slashed spending by $4 billion dollars, who has let wait times for surgeries explode. Right now at Sick Kids Hospital, right now, it just came out today, that specialists in the best hospital in the world are now quitting because they simply cannot work under the pressure of the wait times and simply not having the tools to do their job. So they're leaving. This is a big problem. So that's the guy who will now be tasked with creating a national pharmacare study. It's actually not even a plan, it's a study. So it's a cushy patronage position where he'll study and study and study. And then if you vote for this party, you may actually get the results of that study because the studies are actually already going on. But you gotta vote for this government if you actually wanna see the results. Kinda kooky. I wanna bring in Sean Watley to this conversation. He's the president of the OMA. Good to have you, sir. Thanks very much, Alex. All right. I'm not sure if you agree with me, but is uh, Dr. Hoskins the guy to do the job?
1: Oh, man, what a big job he would be taking on. Um, I, I mean, as far as doctors are concerned, we need to focus on the big problems that are in front of us right now that are hammering patients. You think of knee replacement times, 259 days in Ontario, hip replacements, 218 days. Um, 30% of admitted patients in the hospital don't need to be there. They need to be in long-term care. We've got an opioid crisis, a mental health crisis, a long-term care crisis, and this is not unexpected. These are all happening because of the way we choose to run the system. So we're not short of ideas. There are tons of ideas out there. It's implementation that is hard. Anyone can come up with a new plan for pharmacare whatever you want, but it's implementation that's really really hard and that must start with a working relationship with the people who are on the front lines, the doctors and nurses. And we haven't seen it from this government. I'm really hopeful we'll see it from our new health minister and, um, and others.
0: You know, I understand that there are people that need access to prescription medicines. I get that. Um and right now in the country we have a patchwork program, you know, the province of Ontario has this make work project, uh, you know, a pharmacare that I'm not sure really is helping anybody, but it sure was a good vote grab for the premier. And and elsewhere in the in the country we have, you know, a patchwork system for people to get access to prescriptions. My concern is that we are not actually addressing healthcare as a whole in this country, so shouldn't we be addressing that before we say, okay, we've got to get a pharmacare plan in because it's not working.
1: Well, great comments. Um, I, I, I start getting a little bit of hives when you start saying we need a centralized, one-size-fits-all program mm. run by the federal government for everybody across Canada. So yeah. I get a little worried when you say that. But when you mention OHIP+, Plus, so in Ontario, the drug plan that just came out, I mean, the Conference Board of Canada just estimated that 1.2 million patients who did not have any kind of coverage actually are now getting coverage that's a good thing we should celebrate that we should say hey kudos government you did a great job thanks for doing that however however 2.1 million people now have coverage under ohip plus who already had coverage and the coverage that they had they had with retail insurance plans you know through their their, their employers or whatever they covered twelve to fourteen thousand different medications. The Ontario plan only covers 4,400 patients. So, uh, 4,400 medications, sorry. And the problem is we have patients who are stabilized on one of these other drugs that the government doesn't cover and now what's happening is the insurance companies are saying, listen, we're not covering you anymore because you already have OHIP Plus and so go try one of the generics. Well, it's really messing things up for a lot of patients. Now they have to use the uh, Exceptional Access Program, the EAP program. So, it's it's easy to throw the word around PharmaCare, and it sounds wonderful, but what, you got to dig into the details and see how is this going to affect patients' lives, and that's what matters most.
0: Right, because essentially, I mean, free PharmaCare does not mean you're going to get access to any drug you want. They will be rationed. You'll get a lot of generics, and there's nothing wrong with generics, but sometimes you don't want the generic, you want the real thing. Um, And there are some medicines that are extremely expensive for very specialized treatments or or medicines, um, and and you simply can't cater to everybody with a national pharmacare plan. Or am I well,
1: wrong? No, absolutely. And a lot of those really expensive ones don't show up on that list of four thousand four hundred medications that the that cu- that's covered by the Ontario plan uh, or the uh, you know this OHIP Plus plan. And we have to remember that even before this came in, there was already the Ontario Drug Benefits Plan and the Trillium Health Plan, which helped give medications to people who could not afford it. So we were already helping the folks who could not go out and purchase things on their own. Now I'm not saying it was perfect, absolutely not. There's always opportunity to improve but it, it really, it really um, you know, it just, you cringe, it makes you want to cry when there are so many major needs in our system right now and we start giving out OHIP Plus or PharmaCare plan to 2.1 million people in Ontario who already have a plan, they're already covered, they're happy with their plans. Why can't we be more thoughtful about it and start addressing some of that funding to fix the other problems yeah. that are that are really crying out for help?
0: Well, and that's what I mean. I would much rather make sure that uh, you know my parents have a, a senior's plan so that if they get into long term care, they can actually be treated properly. I would rather see people not being treated in hallways. I'd rather want to know that at the best children's hospital in the you know in the whole world that specialists are available and not quitting instead of trying to buy a vote with something that sounds great on the surface but isn't necessarily great if you read the fine print.
1: It's so frustrating. You know, the past minister, uh, Jane Philpott, Federal Minister of Health in 2017, said, and she was quoted in the newspaper, it is a myth that Canada has the best health care system yeah. in the world. 2017 Commonwealth Fund health care study ranked Canada third last. Mm-hmm. France slipped the second last. USA was the last. 2014, the same study ranked Canada second last again. And this is looking at access, cost, um, equity, and that sort of thing. We had 4,300 patients cared for in hallways in Brampton, uh, in the Brampton Hospital. And that's only one hospital. That was last year. I mean, this is terrible. We just heard a case in the the news just uh, last week, I believe, about a patient who was cared for for 13 days in a room that was otherwise known as a a bathroom. It had been used as the bathroom i mean
0: come on yeah look i mean i had my own experience with my stepdad who just passed away after living uh 14 months on a waiting list for uh dementia care and i wow. you know he, he he is one of thousands of seniors who are stuck on waiting lists with zero dignity um yeah. and a lot of anxiety for for generations of kids who are now having to pay astronomical fees for senior care which we shouldn't have to pay if our if our system is so pe- perfect
1: no, exactly, and 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 the thing is, I mean, it it's easy when there's so many so much bad news. It's easier for us to focus on that and and get frustrated with that. We really need to try to pivot and say, okay, things are bad. How can we make it better? And and you know, I've spent years and years in leadership and. Ideas are easy. It's easy to come up with a new shiny plan. Implementation is hard. It's hard to build a team, a coalition, to get people to cooperate together. And and as a leader, you have to start by listening to the people who are there day in, day out, dealing with these issues. But we can do better, and our patients deserve better. And, and it doesn't help when, uh, you know, people try to score political points or, or just kind of command and control or say, this is what we're going to do. Let's work together. Let's build a working relationship based on equity and respect. Doctors have ideas. Nurses have ideas. You know, frontline care providers have ideas. Let's pull them in. It takes a little longer, but let's get it right. Let's not pass laws without talking to people who are impacted by those laws.
0: Well, look, I mean, they passed something yesterday in that budget. It wasn't a plan. It was actually just... A study. So maybe they'll change their mind and not do
1: it. I really hope that uh, folks have learned (laughs) over the last four or five years in Ontario. We still don't even have a contract for doctors. I know. I mean, don't get me started there, but I I think our patients are looking to us, those of us in leadership in in medicine and nursing and elsewhere, and and most especially in government to say, come on, you guys, work together, talk together, make our system better. And and, and I'm confident it's possible. It's all doable. Um, It just, It worries me when, when, uh, you know, election cycles come and go and we get another new shiny idea. I really hope they they slow down and actually talk to people who are impacted by this and do it in a thoughtful way, if we're going to do it at all.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again, Alex. That is Sean Watley joining us. He is the president of the Ontario Medical Association, and he can't say it, but I don't think they're going to miss Dr. Eric Hoskins. I'm just saying.